The interlude is intended for mature audiences only, and definitely contains explicit content. Which, let's face it, is why you're here. Tune in next time. (laughs) When we attempt to get the San Francisco Zoo to let us feed caviar to their anteater. Hey, this is Grace. And this is Kit. And welcome to The Interlude, the sexiest game of chicken on the internet. Hey there, how's it going? Hey, it's going well. How about you? I'm doing all right. All uh, what, right. Are we, what are we drinking tonight? So this is a mango mezcalita, which is just like a margarita if you add mango and mezcal, a smoky agave-based liqueur. I, um, when I heard what today's topic was, I said I'm going to need something a little stronger than normal, something I deal with. So uh, I said I wanted something smoky or sweet and now we have the best of both worlds absolutely yeah we uh we had a real fun brunch so we had a lot of leftover mango juice that had to be used so i love that you always are so enthusiastic about the mimosa bar i love i love a good mimosa bar like i'm polly i want to have choices <laughs> i want <laughs> everyone to have, have choices. Just one. i can't just have one kind of mimosa i gotta have all the different kinds yeah, and i like to mix the different juices so uh, why don't you tell everyone what we're, what we're discussing today, what the topic is. All right. So when we started out with this, we were reading erotic novels to each other, erotica. What do you think erotica is? Uh, I mean, my, my personal definition of erotica is the, you know, the printed word depicting you know, sexual, sensual acts, you know, designed to titillate and you read it and you feel a little scandalized perhaps but ultimately i think the goal of erotica is to turn someone on that's not always the case as we as we've seen so uh sometimes erotica functions more as kind of comic relief depending on the uh the author and what they're trying to do well i think for you know except for the the sort of satirical ones uh Mm -hmm. the goal is still to turn someone on even if it's poorly executed and there are plenty of poorly executed ones out there, and that's why we're here. But I, I agree. So it's uh, you know something printed to try and titillate someone. And so far, we've focused on printed works, books, that sort of thing. Everyone usually thinks of erotica as, as the trashy novel. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, another often overlooked form of erotica is sexting. Mm, sexting, yep. Sexting is the topic of today's show. So... I enjoy I enjoy good sexting. I enjoy it. And when well executed, there is nothing hotter. Uh, nothing builds anticipation quite like someone who's very good with that. Um, however, if you're not great at sexting, it will have the opposite effect. I've had many a gentleman shoot themselves in the foot and just kind of snatch <laughs> defeat from the jaws of victory or just the snatch um <laughs> by snatch, yes. inarticulate and terrible sexting and i really wish that that was something that people were a little bit more artful about um we took a sexting class over the pandemic we did it was really really fun 
really fun. You know, gave us some some ideas of some expanded ways that you could use that. But I've been the recipient of a lot of bad sexting. I suspect I have been the recipient of it far more often than you have, if you ever have been the recipient of bad sexting. I mean, I've certainly been the recipient of mediocre sexting, but I, I don't think I would say any of it was really bad. Not oh, okay. in, in some of the ways that I'm sure you've gotten like just terrible attempts. Lucky boy. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to, to talk a little bit about the history of sexting because this is not a new phenomenon. It's not. Thousands of years have seen people writing letters to each other, mm-hmm. uh, people going off to other countries, going off to war, poets writing to their mistresses abroad. I would say all of that is sexting. Now, I think course, you're right. I think you're right, actually. I didn't, you know, when I hear sexting, I, sexting, I think cell phones, but you're right. People have been writing dirty stuff to each other back yeah. and forth since people could write. Yeah, and, and racy letters sent back to to one's wife or mistress or girlfriend or whatever uh, certainly qualify as erotica. Geraldine, and, yes. it's so cold out here on the prairie without you. <laughs> I long to feel the touch of our hands upon my buckskin chaps. <laughs> For your body to keep me warm alongside my five dogs. <laughs> Sexy. Sexy. Yes. But that's obviously been going on for thousands of years, basically since writing has existed. Uh, we have examples from you know, easily four or 5,000 years ago, at least. The thing is, by the nature of written communication across distances, this was necessarily restricted to you know what I'll call asynchronous communication. So you write a letter to someone, it takes weeks or months before they write back. So this is a very protracted thing. So you've got to make it good. You've got to really write long form, right? Uh, you really got to make every letter count. Absolutely. Uh, really, really drop the panties with every word if you can. Pantal- or the pantaloons. Yes, or the togas. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm sure that many of the, the cave paintings could also be considered erotica of a sort. Absolutely. Uh, you know, depictions of sex, certainly. I don't know if they were there to send to someone else or not. But uh, I think the anthropologists would say that cave paintings were not porn erotica. They were fertility symbols. Oh, yes, of course. <sighs> So it wasn't until very, very recently that people had the ability to really communicate in real time across great distances. I've heard it asserted, although I have seen no actual first or secondhand accounts of this, that uh, telegraphers would sext each other uh, during downtime on the lines. The only actual reference to this that I was able to find was a novel published in 1879 by Ella Cheever Thayer. Mm. or Thayer, I'm not sure, T-H-A-Y-E-R, Okay. Uh, called Wired Love, A Romance of Dots and Dashes. A uh, romance? A romance where a woman falls in love uh, with a man that she has met, quote, on the wire. On the unquote. wire, the horny, the horny telegraph. Exactly, online. It was uh, racy emails before there were emails. Uh, dot, dot, dash. <laughs> you can dash me anytime, baby. <laughs> Well, that just goes to show you that humans, from the time we could be conscious of these things, humans are horny and humans are always constantly trying to get it in. Mm-hmm. Just that, that's, that's who we are. Absolutely. But the other thing that has been true for most of human history is that in order to communicate in written form, you had to be educated. Mm-hmm. And educated people usually followed a very prescriptive set of grammar and spelling rules and everything. 
now that literacy is far more widespread, we're starting to see a lot of people who do not have that same grammar and orthography instilled in them. And that's where we start getting into trouble. The combination of people who have access to fast, real-time communication and who have other things to do than worry about whether this is spelled correctly or whether this is, you know, strictly conforming to the King's English or the Queen's English. And so while I'm not really a prescriptivist in terms of grammar, this does lead to certain tragedies (laughs) of our chosen art form. So... What I have for you here is one of these tragedies that I would like you to read. You would like me to read it? I would like you to read it. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm guessing that the gray bubble is the man and the pink bubble is the woman. Uh, That would be my guess as well, yes. Okay. All right, so I'll start with the man. Do you like kids? Are you good with them? That's my friend's kid, and I managed to watch four kids for the last hour because their mom had to work and their buses were delayed because of the cold. His name is Emerson, and he is a wicked schmoozer. Sixteen months old. I'm going to fuck you. Very hard. And during this, you're going to come. More than once. So all your eggs are around and making your pussy very wet. Then I'm going to fuck you without a condom, and I'm going to fuck you deep without any regard for your ability to take my entire cock. And when I'm fucking you hard and deep without a condom, you're going to feel it. I'm going to fuck hard, then push myself into you fully so my cock slips behind your cervix. This might be intense. But I'm doing this so I can push myself deep into you and come inside you. And I'm going to be deep enough and hard enough that it won't come out. And I'll kiss you and rub you and you'll come on my cum-covered, egg-covered cock. And I'm going to keep it in there while you come, so your eggs are on my cum. Then, after we push against each other, and you're turned on because you're full of my hot cum, you'll open your thighs and I'll fuck you and come inside you again, so that you will become pregnant. (sighs) Oh my god. You'll become pregnant and have my kids in nine months. I love that you're good with kids. Fire emoji. I don't want kids yet, but I want you bad now. And scene. Wow. Folks, this is the precise reason why all schools need to teach sexual education. Yeah. This person has absolutely zero grasp of anything. Repro- <laughs> that, I can't believe you made me read that. That's that was a, that was a dirty trick. Wow, wow. What show do you think we're on? Let's let's okay. First of all, I got it. Yeah, let's go let's back let's 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 go array back these out. Okay, let's let's, let's dissect spread these out this right here. because there's a lot there's a lot going on here. Yep. First of all, homeboy went from zero to come on your eggs in like like there's no it was just complete non sequitur. They're having a normal conversation about you know the kids and then it's I'm going I'm to fuck, fuck you, you. very yes. hard. <laughs> Just right, right into it, right into it. Was there anything else? Did April Showers, the name on this, was there a response? No? That's it. This is it. I I mean, I wouldn't respond it either, honestly. No. (sighs) You're going to come more than once. Okay, okay. Let's say, let's say that he didn't go straight from, do you like kids, to I'm going to fuck you very hard. Let's say that there was some lead up, right? And he was beginning the sentence... In an appropriate place. Okay. I'm going to fuck you very hard. 
and during this you're going to come more than once. That's okay. It's fine. It's it's a bit uninspired, but right. fine. Not not exactly the flowery erotica that we have come no, to no, admire and enjoy. But it's serviceable. It right. makes sense. It gets the point across. And then it all all just falls just completely off the cliff. Right. So all your eggs are around and making your pussy very wet. All your eggs? Does does this man think we're like toads? Or <laughs> we just release a clutch of eggs? I mean, and that's what makes things wet? You basically have them swirling around like caviar, right? Right, right. Because humans and fish and amphibians yeah, totally the same yeah, thing. Absolutely. Just somebody watched somebody watched a nature documentary and just saw eggs and said, Hey, we have eggs. That must be how it happens for us too. It just releases a whole like jello shot <laughs> consistency worth of <laughs> eggs. Or birds. Birds lay, you know, several eggs as well, right? But those eggs aren't wet. No. The, the, the fact no. is that this gentleman thinks that the eggs are what makes a woman wet. The yes. eggs themselves. Yes. Like egg yolk? Like is that what he, or egg white? Is that what he's thinking? Then I'm going to fuck you without a condom. Okay, yes. Well, if this is what you're trying to accomplish by impregnating someone, at least he understands that the condom needs to be off and that his seed needs to be in the jello shot soup of eggs. Okay. That may be the first correct thing that he's said. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to fuck you deep without any regard for your ability to take my entire cock. Okay. I'm going to say this. That sentence is fine. I think that's fine. Yeah. And that's, that's that, again, in, uninspired, but. In the right context, that could be sexy. Absolutely. So, so far, there, that, there we go. And when I'm fucking you hard and deep without a condom, period. period. So there's also That's a the lot whole of sentence. there's a lot of sentence fragments too. Well, we're not we're not going to harp on grammar here. We're not going to do that. Uh, and when I'm fucking you hard and deep without a condom, you're going to feel it. Okay, great. That's again fine. I'm going to fuck hard, then push myself into fully so my cock slips behind your cervix. This is the part that really puzzles me anatomically. I think there's a misconception that uh, when you are having sex with a lady that your dick is so large that it goes just runs out of vagina and just goes straight in oh, through the right cervix in. into yeah. your uterus. No, okay, you know what? That is actually something that I've seen depicted a lot in animated porn. Okay, but because that's not something that happens anatomically in humans. No, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying there's a lot of, of cultural precedent for this misconception. And lack of any kind of sex ed. Yes, Okay. This might be intense. You don't say, Chad. <laughs> you don't say. Your dick is literally performing the impossible. It might be intense. I don't even like my gynecologist back there with a cotton swab. Like, there's no way. But I'm doing this. <laughs> He's got a good reason why he has decided to force his way through the cervix. I'm doing this so I can push myself deep into you and come inside you. Okay. Again, does he? Is this supposed to be like some kind of spawning salmon situation where he feels that the that the the cum needs to be deposited directly on the eggs in order for this to happen? I, you know, I, I think the more I read this, I think that's exactly what's going on. I think that this gentleman believes that women and fish reproduce the same way. That's what I'm getting here. I mean, maybe he knows fish hook and the labia guy. Yeah, yeah, Could absolutely. Be. I'm going to be deep enough and hard enough that it won't come out. 
So, okay, so he's going to plug the opening so that his seed does not run out, so okay. that it has enough time to marinate with the, right, right. With the eggs. Yeah, yeah, to do its job. I'll kiss you and rub you, and you'll come on my cum-covered, egg-covered cock. Okay, this is where the fish metaphor falls <laughs> apart, um, because if the eggs are on his cock, once he pulls out, then there go, there go the eggs. All of them. They're Better gone. They're out. Them. Better pick them up, Chad. And I'm going to keep it in there while you come. So your eggs are on my come. Again, he's he's really driving home the point that the eggs, plural, and the, and the the cum are combining together in some kind of unholy soup, unholy soup. I'm glad of, I just of had reprodu- dinner. Reproductive love. <laughs> love soup. Love soup. <laughs> then after we push against each other, and you're turned on because you're full of my hot cum. Okay, so they're pushing. They're pushing against each other. Okay, have you ever, I'm sure this has happened to you, but have you ever been fucking somebody and you've got your rhythm going and then they start with their own rhythm and they're pushing as you too. If your rhythms don't match, like that doesn't work. Oh, yeah. No, that has happened a lot. Um, yeah. That is, that is no good. That is a sure boner killer. Yeah. So they're pushing against each other because she's so turned on. And then you'll open your thighs and I'll fuck you. Okay, hold on. Wait, Were her thighs not open already? And then he'll come inside you again. Okay, how was this man getting his penis past the checkpoint all the way up into the country? And now she's just now opening her thighs. Not you'll open your thighs wider, just you'll open them. Okay. Also, one question I have as a penis haver, what is this man's refactory period? How many times has he come so far? Like three, four? Um, I would venture to guess that this man has never actually come inside of a woman. I mean, it kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? I mean, maybe, you know, think back to when you were very, very young. I mean, you had a shorter refractory period, but you still had one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I knew about it because I was jerking off all the time. Ready. You know, you most, pop- teen, most teen boys were. Were you the kind of kid that would do some kind of record keeping not like writing it down necessarily but like running experiments on yourself like what you could do what your body could do you know you you would think that i would be i totally would think you'd be the kind of kid that would do that and i didn't what i don't know why because that's totally the sort of thing that i would do totally i'm so surprised right now i thought i knew you i thought i knew myself (laughs) okay so that you'll become pregnant. So so he thinks that the pregnancy doesn't actually happen until the thighs have been fully opened. I think that's what they teach in Texas. <laughs> you open your thighs and I'll fuck you and come inside you again so that you'll become pregnant and have my kids in nine months. Okay. Kids. Does kids. he think every single egg gets fertilized? And all that's at once. All, all at once. Like, again, like just a clutch again. of tadpoles. Yeah, caviar. Is that what you call like a, a mass of frog eggs? A clutch? A batch? What is no, that? no, no. Yeah, that's that's uh, fish eggs. I, I don't know what a mass of frog Is it clutch? Am I, or no, is that hens? I think it's clutch for hens. A clutch for hens. What do you call, okay, what do you call like a whole bunch of fish eggs? I'm going to say, every, I say batch for everything. It's a batch of fish eggs. Stop trying to make batch happen. <laughs> okay, so that was all one message. That was all one message. And then... Immediately after, I love that you're good with kids. With a, is that a thumbs up? That's, that's No, it's a pointing, pointing up. A pointing up emoji. And then a fire emoji. And then, I don't want kids yet, but I want you bad now. After all of this, all of this description, 
about how badly he wanted to get her pregnant. And I know that's a thing for people. Breeding kink is, is a total mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my God. So I think we need to start instituting a scale for these sorts of things. <sighs> so the panty drop scale. But you need to stand next to a flagpole because I think that this is having exactly the opposite effect of dropping your panties, raising them so high up that there is no way anything is getting in there. This has fused my panties to my body so that no man shall enter. <laughs> I, I do believe everything has sealed itself back up. This is bad. This is worse than anything I've received, for sure. But this person, this young gentleman... I'm assuming he took some time to compose this. He was like, this is my chance. This is my magnum opus that I've been waiting to deliver. I wish I could see um, the timestamp between when she answered his very innocuous question to when he wrote this. Do you think this is something he had in his notes just like waiting to deploy? Or was he so overcome by how good she was with children that he wrote this specifically for her? What if he had this waiting ready to deploy for anyone who likes children? No, I think he had this waiting for sure. I think this guy has a like a breeding fetish and a terrible grasp of human reproduction. <gasps> wow. That's um okay. Where did you find this? I must know. The internet, of the course. The internet, the World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. Wow. This was sent to someone it looks like over a Facebook Messenger, I'm guessing. Or something of that nature. Seems like it. I don't know. Um, it seems pretty Facebooky. That this is just wow. I'm I'm a bit speechless. But that would be really cool, though. What if we did reproduce like fish? So like you would go into a room and and lay some eggs like in the bed, and I would come <laughs> in and jerk off on them, and then we'd never see each other again. Some fish help each other. Okay, they, actually, they co-parent. this... They co-parent? I mean, I'm just going off of what I saw in Finding Nemo, right? <laughs> he stuck around to help out. And then the barracuda, spoiler alert, sorry. The barracuda comes and eats all of the eggs except the one, but it does damage it and he has a little fin, but, you know, kills the His mom too. His lucky fin. His lucky fin. But it, the dad was there to rescue the one egg mm-hmm. from the barracuda, mm-hmm. so. No, I'm thinking more. It's like I internally drop a clutch of eggs and you still have to get the stuff in there but then internally it's just this yeah again the love soup okay i'm gonna have to look this up because i am really (laughs) curious now what a collective noun for fish eggs is i want to say clutch it might be row it's just row it's just row internal ovaries or egg masses of fish and certain marine animals that are right for spawning spawning so he is he is describing spawning pretty much but like an internal spawning yeah exactly man that that's real that's real weird it's a weird concept to me that fish just all get together they're like hey yo man it's time to go up river and you're like dude that's hard it's gonna be real hard why why are we going up river like it's time to like go hang out and so they swim up they swim up and all of a sudden it's just the water is just cloudy with just, it's a love soup. It's a love soup. It's a love soup. Like the, that famous B-52s song. Love soup. Love soup. <laughs> baby love soup. It's baby love soup. <laughs> okay, but actually, this is a really interesting thing because there is a really wide variety of reproductive systems in fish. Certain fish have different sex chromosomes. 
some very specific kinds of fish actually require three fish in order to achieve reproduction. This is my kind of fish. Right, exactly. So um, there is a very eye-opening book called Evolution's Rainbow, uh, which... This kid needs to read, clearly. (laughs) Or he has read it. Maybe that's all he knows. Maybe that's all he knows. Maybe that is what has informed his, you know, basic sexuality. He He watched something on PBS... Yes. About fish. Yes. Reproducing. So, yes, Evolution's Rainbow, written by uh, Joan uh, Roughgarden, who... Wow. Yeah. What a name. Okay. What is that? An aptonym. That's a complete aptonym. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who I believe is a, a trans woman, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's a book written by Joan Roughgarden, uh, and she goes through all of the really weird sexual habits in nature and sort of really rails against the idea that there's always just a male and a female involved in in sex uh and fish far and away are the weirdest ones whales are pretty weird too yeah whales are pretty whales weird. do use three people three people three whales sometimes. three whales <laughs> you've got the female whale Mm-hmm. You got the male whale that is trying to get it in, mm-hmm. and then the male whale has a buddy whale that floats and lets the other guy like float on his back, so it's easier for him to get into the lady whale. So, like a literal wingman. A literal wingman, yes, yeah. absolutely. Nature's grand. <laughs> it's so it's very yeah. You need a good wingman. It's priceless. Yeah, absolutely. Someone to, to direct you, someone to help you get it in there. So, folks, you're getting so much in this podcast. You now have a lesson in animal reproduction. <laughs> All thanks to this lovely gentleman here, seahorses. I gotta gotta say that's my by far my favorite. Tell me about seahorses. You know about seahorses. I, I wish we reproduced like seahorses. So the female seahorse just walks up to the male and says, hey, you're cute. Let's do this. And literally just like, here's all my eggs and then fucks off. Like, this is up to you, sir. Here you go. Here's my eggs. Fucks off. I think she comes back and like hangs out and helps him out. But she just like, all right, you got this. And then I like, I don't know how much longer it is. I don't know the gestational period. But then mm-hmm. they all shoot out of the dude, the male seahorse. It's like, why? Why can't we have that system? Why, why not? I can tell you that if we had that system, I would need some very different anatomy. You would, yeah. We would also have no anti-abortion laws. <laughs> there would be a clinic like on every single corner and it would be, man, I, I don't know what happened. I went to this party and I woke up pregnant. This this is eye-opening. I, I now feel a lot better about the bad sexting attempts. They've been bumbling and a bit uninspired and, you know, abrupt, but this is... Like, I'm having a hard time believing, although I'm not having a hard time believing that this is real. Yeah, I, I, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. And I really wish that men in particular, sorry to single out your gender, but I think they need help. They need help sexting. I, I think we do. Absolutely. I mean, at the very least, a basic knowledge of anatomy. That is the first and foremost. So I'm a huge advocate of sex ed in schools. We really need to teach kids the basics of what's happening because we've seen what happens when people just get their information from the schoolyard, which is, you know, from the YouTube. I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, this is this is disturbing. Real disturbing. Thank thank you for making me read that. That was um that was a journey you took me on there. Wow. I'm happy to have guided you through this uh, work of terrible erotica. All right. And uh, 
baby, baby loves soup. Love soup. Love soup. Baby yeah. loves soup. Oh my gosh. So this is a segment uh, that I believe in the past we've called your own worst enemy. Oh yeah, this is this is absolutely belongs in the category of your own worst enemy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, both with the abruptness with which he launched into it and just the content mm -hmm. and the length of this message. He is awful. not doing himself any favors no. at all. Well, let's do this. Let's let's give this guy a do-over. Let's let's retranslate this. Okay. In a way that would make Miss April feel better. Challenge accepted. Okay. So, this is a segment that I like to call, They Should Have Sent a Poet. I have to be honest with you. I don't think there's any way in hell that any poet could rescue this. This is this is irredeemable. It's completely irrede irredeemable. There's just absolutely no way that anybody could come in and and fix this. It, I, I'm very very interested in seeing your efforts, but I'm very skeptical. Well, and I, I think that you're probably correct. Um, it was very difficult to sort of keep the essential elements of the original you know, misguided attempt while making something that was actually even remotely readable. Essential elements as in the complete disregard for how humans procreate? You mean that? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So, so... <laughs> Because there's no, there's no rescuing this. No, no. If we take every single element, then no. But okay, <laughs> let's look at this. This guy clearly has a pregnancy fetish. Oh, uh, completely. And I, I am never going to kink shame, never going to yuck somebody's yum. But if you have a pregnancy fetish, you should understand how pregnancy actually works. Right, exactly. And so rewriting this with a knowledge of human anatomy, uh, with uh, knowledge of how to write a sentence while keeping that sort of pregnancy fetish and clearly wanting to be dominant, wanting to, you know, fuck the woman very hard, wanting to, you know, being obsessed with cum, those elements, you know, I think we can carry over in a way that maybe is a little better than, than what this gentleman has written. Are you certain that this person has a pregnancy fetish or a fish fetish? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not sure. It re it's real fishy. This whole thing was real fishy to me. What is the name for a fish fetish? There has to be, there has to be a name for that. Oh, I'm sure there is one. Um... What is the Latin root for fish? Uh, ictus. Okay, okay. And the uh, the word for someone who is a ictusphilia? Ictophilia? Ictophilia? Yeah, uh, maybe. Okay. I mean, okay. I know, I, di I digress. But would that encompass the ictophilia? As we'll call it. Yes. Would that encompass um, being sexually attracted to mermaids? Oh, no. That's an excellent question. There's a whole genre of erotica and porn that I'm very much into. Well, I th okay. Not personally, let me preface this by saying, not personally as it turns me on, but personally as in it's endlessly fascinating to me because it is quite possible that when Christopher Columbus saw mermaids, he was really seeing manatees. I learned this... <laughs> 
the other day on TikTok. There's a man that I follow on TikTok that does animal videos, and um, that could be a whole other episode. But anyways, I'm sorry, I digress. That's like the worst waking up after a bender story. <laughs> Met this like, gal, Captain. She was she was real, real soft. That, that's real the, pretty. That's the epilogue to I'm on a boat when T-Pain yells, I fucked a mermaid <laughs> the next morning. Oh, shit, it was a manatee. Except auto-tuned. <laughs> Except auto-tuned, yes. Yes, but there have been, there have been uh, in recent times, a lot of mermaid-based erotica and porn and some actual, uh, some some feature films mm-hmm. that had those themes mm-hmm. that were real interesting that, uh, that we, we will have to talk about in a different episode. So, going back to your original question of um, would a fish fetish encompass mermaids, I think it would. But the other way, sort of uh, not from the direction that you're thinking of, because like men find mermaids attractive, but they're attracted to the woman half, right? Are you certain that that's really, is it, or is the attraction to mermaids the fact that once you get her on dry land, she can't run away from you? I doubt most guys have thought that through very much. Am I giving them too much credit? Right. But if you have a fish fetish, wouldn't you be attracted to the mermaid for the other half? The fish fetish. First of all, fish fetish. Say that 12 times Ichthyophilia. 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 Need to learn my Latin roots. This is your friendly editor kid here to say, I know that these are Greek roots. I don't know why we keep saying Latin in this episode. To all you linguistics nerds out there, I'm truly, truly sorry. And now, back to the rest of the show. Well, okay. Whether this is a fish... Or pregnancy fetish. Let's let's see what you got. Let's see how you rescued this absolutely inartful sexting attempt uh, in this segment we like to call. They should have sent a poet. I love that you're good with kids. I love the thought of fucking you, knowing we could have kids of our own someday in the future. I would rub you, my hands playing around your neck, your breasts sliding down your stomach to play lightly between your thighs, getting you good and wet as you feel me growing harder and more eager for you. And when you're ready, I would slide into you gently. Our first time without a condom, bare skin feeling everything so intensely as we both gasp and push against each other. I want to fuck you so deeply, so thoroughly, so expertly after learning what you like that you lose track of time as you come again and again and again, every thrust driving you more and more wild as I play with your clit and breasts. And finally, finding my rhythm, I would thrust into you deeper than I have ever before, finding centers of pleasure you never knew you had. You can feel me coming inside you. Loads of cum, like I've never orgasmed before in my life. The feeling's so intense for both of us as I fill you up completely. I'd open your thighs and keep thrusting inside you as our bodies became wetter and with sweat and cum dripping on the bedsheets. And after several nights of such intense, mind-blowing sex, you would make a beautiful mother-to-be that I would worship. I, I gotta say, um, this is a little bit boring. <laughs> it's a little bit boring, this right? This is a little bit boring, yeah. uh, given what we just read. Like, where are the eggs? Right, well, they are gone with the newfound knowledge of human anatomy. <laughs> okay, let's just say this. If this guy had sent me the original, mm-hmm. and then I said, dude, that's not how it works, and he resent me this, I would, I would... I would kind of wish for the fisherman again. <laughs> and this is, okay, this is a good sexting attempt. Right. 
Um, it's very, it, you know, it's it's good. But it's it's very bland without any of the inaccuracies and just ludicrous whatever we want to call it. It's kind of lost its spirit. Um, mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. something almost adorably earnest about the original attempt, where it's this guy who just does not have a grasp on human anatomy. He knows that women have eggs. And he knows right. that men have sperm. And probably watched a lot of National Geographic. Well, and let's also not forget the, my penis would slip behind your cervix. This might feel intense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so look, I have a cervix. I don't mind it getting bumped every once in a while. However, you're not going through it. That no. It opens one centimeter. It's open about one centimeter, right? That's about it. If you're slipping past my cervix, my friend, you've got a very, very thin, I, I can't even say pencil. That's not the flex you think it is, dude. No. Uh, no. Getting past the cervix, not the flex you think it is, my friend. Yeah, a, a centimeter would be about the diameter of a, of a pencil, more That's or less. That's not doing anything for anyone. No. So um, you did your best to rescue this poor gentleman. But I have to say, I think I kind of prefer the original. It's it's yeah. much more charming. It's okay. almost, uh, it's cute. It's cute in how clueless he is about female anatomy. Uh, will I will have to say the abruptness between, I'm talking about children to be launching right into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely needed some, some segue there. Like there's nothing like a good segue. Nobody likes it when you just launch into things. Have you been to a, a like a stand-up show where the comedian had no segue between jokes? It's very jarring. Oh yeah, it, it absolutely doesn't work. is. It doesn't. It, doesn't, it doesn't feel like natural conversation. Absolutely not. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Good. Good try. Would okay. Would you be likely to respond to the original? Oh, absolutely, and not, but not in the way he would would want me to. Okay. 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 <laughs> would you be likely to respond to the uh, second version? Um, if that's what what started out. And there was some kind of lead up versus just, mm. hey, I'm talking about the kids that I'm babysitting. Oh, kids. Funny you mentioned kids. I want to <clears throat> cream pie you. Yeah, yep. that's just, yep. that's very abrupt. Yeah. The way that this conversation started out in a very casual, small talk kind of way leads me to believe that they've never talked about anything sexual ever. And fellas, if you're listening, we don't like that. Okay, we don't like that. The third message to us should not be about how you're going to thrust your skinny penis past our cervix to extract all of the eggs out of us like a fish. Like an anteater eating caviar. Oh my god. That, I got a visual. Would an anteater eat caviar though? Or do they just eat ants? Surely anteaters eat more than just ants. How do you survive on ants alone? I imagine if given the opportunity, they might eat caviar. You think so? How do we test this theory? <laughs> Hi, San Francisco Zoo. Yes, I have a I have what might seem like an odd request. Um, do you have an anteater? Great. Awesome. What's his name? Arthur. Of course it is. Okay, great. So I was wondering, would you ever consider possibly maybe giving Arthur some caviar? <laughs> Can you imagine how much would I have to donate to the zoo to get them to carry out my wishes like that? Well, there's only one way to find out. Tune in next time. <laughs> when we attempt to get the San Francisco Zoo to let us feed caviar to their anteater. <laughs> <laughs> no kink shaming. 
So what did we learn today? What did we learn today? We, we learned today that a woman's reproductive tract is very similar to that of a fish. That we, upon lovemaking, get filled with a love soup that makes babies. Mm -hmm. That's what we learned today. Absolutely. And when a man approaches you asking to impregnate all of your eggs like a fish, you can either accept his offer or grab that evolution you have by the horns and walk right out of that water away from him. And that is the fundamental dilemma that I'm going to call Roe versus wait oh, away. Oh my god, nope, nope, that's bad comedy. All right, all right, folks. <laughs> that's that's all we got for you today. <laughs> Here at the Interlude Podcast, we love tops and subs. That's topics and subscribers. Is there something you'd love to hear us talk about on a future episode? Email us at interlude at wholeassproductions.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-L-E-W-D. Or find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at interludepod. Pod. <laughs>